Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast, a different way of covering and discovering comic books. My wish is to help you find that next fantastic read or rediscover an old favorite. I cover comic books from the golden age to now and even Kickstarter campaigns, so you never know what I might cover, but you will know where to find fantastic comic to read at the end of each show. It's Tuesday, November 29th, and episode 81 of the podcast, or like I would like to call this edition, the Grumpy Old Man Get Off My Grass edition. Now, I'm usually the biggest cheerleader about comic books in the industry, and if I can't say anything positive about something, I usually keep my big mouth shut. However, this time around, it's a little bit different, because I'm talking about DC Comics digital platform, DC Universe Infinite. And recently, they went to a new platform where they release new comic books a month after they come out. Not bad. Now, this has been going on for about a month now, and there's supposed to be some changes coming on. Unfortunately, a lot of those changes still haven't happened. We're supposed to have Vertical get dropped and other things dropped, and they haven't been dropped yet. So I'm waiting for those to come out and kind of like crickets on that other end of what's going to be coming out. There's another thing I want to make a comment about. You know, basically, DC now, again, one month and the comic books are out. Archie has been doing that for a while now, except their comic books come out. You can read them for free on Comixology Unlimited, day that they come out. Same thing with Hoopla. And speaking of Hoopla, a lot of the comic books and even single issues, when they go out in your comic book shop... You can go around Hoopla and read a lot of them right off the bat. Now, I mentioned in the uh, episode uh, Jennifer DeVos, and she did the biography of Gardner Fox. I had her on the show back around in June. I'm going to have a link again for the show note. That was a great episode. I loved having her on. would love to have her again. Another person that I have, and he was on the last episode, is Alan Stewart, Attack of the 50-Year-Old Comic Book. I'm going to have a link to that uh, episode also. Please check those guys out. They're fun episodes, and they make for a good listen. And please, if you like the podcast, look at those show notes. Follow us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Follow us on our social media. I want to continue to make this podcast grow and expand and show people a new way to read comic books. Now, on today's episode, hope you enjoy. It's a little different than normal. I think you're going to like it. Recently, there's been a lot of press about DC Universe Infinite, which is DC Comics' unlimited program, going to release new comics a month after they appear in comic book shops. Well, before I make any comments about that, let's back it up for a minute. I am a charter member of the DC Universe streaming platform that dates back all the way to 2018. Originally, they had animation on, TV shows. It was the original home of both Titans and Doom Patrol. But even then, I knew it was something that was going to last very long. The metrics just didn't add up. Even then, I felt the service was kind of lackluster, even when you take away the movies and shows and all that stuff. Then, initially, I thought when AT&T bought Time Warner and DC Comics, that fantastic things would happen. 
And that also proved to be short-lived. That merger was almost a textbook case of what not to do. Let me pause for a second. I don't collect physical comic books anymore. I don't go to comic book shops very often. I do go sometimes to check out stuff. A while ago, I went completely for digital for lots of reasons. The podcast also covers mostly digital comic books. If you can't read it on your tablet or on your computer or your phone, chances are I'm not going to cover it. Also, I think there's this big misconception out there, print versus the digital platforms. It's either or. And really, there's not much competition between them. People who buy physical copies are going to continue to buy physical copies. Those who read the digital platform, they're going to continue to do the digital platform. What makes these digital platforms great, not just with DC, but Marvel, Comicsology to a certain extent, is that you can read whole runs of comic books that you might not be able to get, or might be too expensive to get, or you don't want to break out your collection and damage your Daredevil number 5 from the Silver Age. Speaking of Daredevil, Marvel Comics recently added their whole entire Bronze Age, Silver Age run of Daredevil, like 400 and some issues. That's awesome. Last year, they ended up doing their Defenders run. And that's another example. Not everybody loves Defenders, especially the Bronze Age Defenders. I can't blame you not wanting to fork out money for an omnibus if you just want to read the stories. Marvel Unlimited makes a great way to do that. Now back to DC service. One thing that sets it apart from Marvel Unlimited and Comicsology is it has a huge discussion board. Massive. You have new comics. They talk about movies, games, old comics, new comics, all kinds of things about comic books. And they have really great moderators who take a lot of grief. That's one of the best things about this whole thing about the DC platform is this community. And it's a really fun place to be and check out and to meet new comic book fans. Now, again, with that being said, honestly, I don't think DC Comics or anybody who's owned DC Comics really truly knows what to do with this platform of the DC digital comic books. Even the name now, DC Universe Infinite, is a mouthful. And then it's new tier is even worse, DC Universe Infinite Ultra. More on that new tier in a minute. And all the hoopla, I heard fans going, well, what's Marvel going to do now that DC's up the game? You know what? They don't have to do absolutely nothing because Marvel's digital platform, Marvel Unlimited, is superior to DC in so many ways. For starters, they have complete runs of a lot of the Bronze Age, Silver Age titles. You can read Journey into Mystery, Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish, all the way from the very beginning to they got switched over into other, other titles. They make a great effort of when a book comes out as a collection and there's a digital print of that, it goes right onto Marvel's Unlimited service. DC? No, not so much. You know, fans are making a big deal because on the DC service, they're adding Secret Society of Supervillains. Ooh, yeah, I love that. But you know what, folks? That's been in a digital format for about 10 years now. And one of DC's problems is the stuff that is in digital format, they don't stri- strip the comics out and add them to the service. A great phrase to read DC's digital comics, 
Not DC necessarily, but Hoopla. I found so many great stuff floating around on Hoopla. For example, there's World's Finest, Guardians of the Earth. It collects issues 198 through 214. Digital, digital format. No, not many of those issues are actually available on the DC service. No reason why. Another one that just came out a couple years ago, Aquaman, The Death of a Prince, which features the death of Aqua Baby. Now, Aquaman's gone through a lot of retcons and retro this, and, and Aqua Baby is no longer part of it. But you know what? There must be somebody out there still interested in it because this collection came out and it collects the Adventure Comics 435 through 437 and 441 through 455, which features a great run of Aquaman. Not available on DC service. Another great example is Denny O'Neill's second run on Green Lantern, Green Arrow, which collects the issues right around 100. We're in that whole range there. Most of those issues, not available on DC's Infinite Service. So, and I don't know why they don't strip them out. They should. Marvel does it. Heck, even Archie does it. Another minor quibble is when they actually archive some of the Golden Age stuff. Like, oh, let's just say Action Comics 37, which came out in 1941. You only get the main Batman, or I'm sorry, the main Superman story. You don't get the backup features on most of these issues. Marvel, on the other hand, they do a good job of reprinting and archiving all of those older issues. And speaking of Action Comics, like many of the titles on the DC service, there's huge, massive gaps in the run. Now, last year... They did a great job of filling some of the gaps in the Bronze Age, Silver Age, Golden Age Batman title, the Wonder Woman title, and then they stopped. Why? Who knows? Now over with Action Comics, they have a small run that ends in issue 376 of Action. Then they have nothing from 377 all the way to the 450s with one issue, 457. And then you'll get another issue all the way up to 521. That's a huge chunk of Bronze Age Superman. That's just one example. And from a marketing standpoint, when a lot of these titles had their big anniversaries, why couldn't DC have just dumped a bunch of stuff onto their archives? Hey, we're celebrating Batman's 80th. Here's a bunch of comic books. I remember back in the earlier this year, somewhere around June, I had Jennifer DeRoss, who wrote the, I'm sorry, the Gardner Fox biography. And he wrote a lot of the early Batman issues. I had to go to Hoopla to their Golden Age collection because they don't have those issues in the uh, DC service. Why? I don't understand it. It gets very frustrating and annoying at times. Now, the DC service does add comic books every month in the archives. How they pick those? I don't know. A lot of the representation, not really very balanced. They've been throwing in a lot of uh, Wildstorm and that type of stuff. Last year was a lot of Milestone. Hey, I don't have a problem with any of that. But why not take some of the stuff you've already got archived and throw them on the service? It's already in a digital format. And I don't want to hear about the costs of digitizing because you know what? Over in Archie, they've done, I believe, their Betty and Veronica title all the way from the Golden Age all the way through the Bronze Age. They've got like almost the entire 200, close to 300, I can't remember exactly, issues already archived, available to read. You know, and the other thing, 
is that Marvel doesn't do a very good job of archiving some of the other stuff outside of Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, John Buscemi. Look, they're all great people, but you know what? The House of Marvel was built not just on those people, but the other people. Back in June, I did a podcast episode, which I'm going to have in the show notes. It was a omnibus that Marvel put out that every comic book that came out when Amazing Fantasy 15 came out. A few years ago, they also did an omnibus of everything that came out the same month that Fantastic Four number one came out. Awesome. Because you know what? There's other creators out there that need to be represented. For example, Jack Keller. He wrote the two-gun, I'm sorry, he wrote Kid Cult Outlaw for at least a dozen years. Let's look at uh, Stan Goldberg, colorist important, great artist. Did a lot of Millie the Model. Who cares about Millie the Model or the Kid Cult? Well, you know what? They were the bread and butter of Marvel during the lean times. Without those other issues, you wouldn't have the Silver Age that you had most likely. I remember a couple months ago, I have a guest who's on here frequently. It is Alan Stewart. He does the blog, the 50-year-old comic, Attack of the 50-year-old comic books. And he covers comic books that came out 50 years ago. And one of the things that came out 50 years ago this year was Millie the Model 200. That was at the time Marvel's longest running comic book. And it had gone all the way back to the golden age. So I don't have a problem with, you know, archiving whatever, but these creators need to be represented. They need better spotlights on them. The early issues of Adventure Comics with the Legion of Superheroes. DC does not have them on the service, even though they're available in the digital format. I love to be able to see the early issues of Kurt Swan. Some of the war comics for both Marvel and DC, they're not represented. Nor a lot of the spooky anthologies. Yes, Marvel does a better job. But these anthologies, the war and the spooky stuff, a lot of creators got their start in these anthologies, whether it's war or spooky. And such things like Kubrick, his war stuff needs better representation. So let's go back to the beginning of the discussion when I talked about DC going and having this new ultra tier. Now, as many of you know, DC was bought by Discovery. And Zaslav took it over the whole DC properties earlier in the year. And I was curious to see what their idea of DC Comics was going to be. And here was my canary in the cage. Early on, right after the merger, they canned a CNN streaming service. After they put so much money and, and time and energy, within a month they canned it. But you know what they did with the DC digital service? They expanded it. So I'm going, okay. They've got some plans for this service. That's cool. Now, I understand the DC Cinematic Universe is a shambles and a mess. And it's going to take some time to work that out. And even some of the comic book stuff, it's going to take a little bit of time to work out. So I knew back in the spring, ah, they got something planned for their digital strategy, but I'm not exactly sure. So we have this ultra service. And basically what it is, First off, for a little bit more, and it comes out to about $100 a month. It's a little bit more by about $20, but it's still within the same pricing range as Marvel Unlimited. 
And the big hoopla over it is that comic books that came out a month ago get dumped down to digital service. Before it was three months, six months, depending on what they were doing. Marvel right now is doing it about every three months. I understand comic book shops and there's this big, oh my gosh, it's bad for the comic book shops. Digital readers and physical reader, two different audiences. I don't think a digital person is going to want to go necessarily and read the latest comic books. Yeah, they're there, but that's not the thing. If they really wanted to read the current comic books, folks, there's a lot of pirate sites out there that releases comic books every week of all the publishers. So I don't think that's really a big deal that they're expanding their, their stuff. But they are adding more stuff in the coming weeks. Supposedly, they're going to be adding more Vertigo, which is great. They recently added Mad Magazine, which is great. I'm hoping that maybe they'll take some of these collected editions and as a so-called graphic novel, like Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Face Traveling Heroes, which conducts the second run of Danny O'Neill or the uh, Death of Aqua Baby that I talked about or that World's Finest. And there's other collections out there. I remember a couple months ago, there's a saga on Hoopla about Jane Loring. And I remember a kid reading this, this wonky, crazy Bronze Age storyline called Super Team Family where Adam Ray Palmer was looking for Jane Loring and it was just crazy. He, every issue would team up with a different person. And that was collected in there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Nowhere on the DC service. I'm hoping something like this will also be added. Now, I came across an interesting article uh, talking about the DC Universe Infinite Service. And they had CBR, which is a great site, obviously. They had on there uh, Anne DePies, who's director general manager and she hasn't been around that for a long time but she's been around dc for about a decade and they were talking about the extended library so she talks about they're gonna have mad magazine and one collection digitally in there uh they talked about vertigo and she thinks that we think the retailers i'm reading this quote by quote we think the retailers day in and day out we're constantly evaluating our decisions around the impact. It's the entire ecosystem, like I said. I think one of the reasons it took so long to really get here, we took this decision very, very slowly. We'll get a different set of numbers because after 12 years, you can see the behavior between the first month release looked look like and while, whether it's actually impacting the comic book store. And basically, she came to the idea that it's not really impacting comic books all that much because they're different audiences. She talks about, like, I believe digital platforms should act as a gateway to other comic books. If you read something wonky, you should go to a comic book shop, check out, and read it. Now, you all know I am the biggest cheerleader when it comes to comic books. But over the course of time, I have been extremely disappointed with DC service. I don't mind paying a little bit of extra money if I'm actually going to get a better selection of comic books. Whether they're actually going to follow through on this? No. Would I recommend DC? Yeah, there's some great stuff on there, especially the older stuff. Would I recommend Marvel Unlimited? Most definitely. They got tons of stuff. Even Comicsology got a lot of great stuff in their Unlimited program. So check out the DC stuff. Check out the Marvel. They give you some free uh, options to try it out. Yeah, they're both worth it, worth it despite 
their lack of adding the stuff that I think they should be adding. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you stick around for future episodes. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. Recommend it to comic fans. With this episode, I've added a link tree to the show notes, allowing you easy access to the comic fan podcast, platforms, and social media accounts. Please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want the podcast to grow and introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books. Again, thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Thank you.